Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast where two old school Heroes fangirls rewatch the show and defend its honor. My name is Keisha. And I'm Rachel. And this week, we're doing something a little different, but not if you've been listening to us from the start, because we are taking another deep dive into da, 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 the graphic novels. Yeah, very that sound. <laughs> um, so to clarify, we are picking our top five individually and talking about them from the second published volume of the Heroes graphic novels that appeared on the NBC.com website. Now, this volume doesn't include everything that they published before season three came out. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some stuff that we're not going to have as our possible options to have on our top five list. So it's just the ones that are in the book. We will this time tell you what chapter they are because we didn't do that last time because we're bad. Yeah. Uh, this time will be a little more detailed so people can find the exact ones we're talking about. Uh, neither of us know which one the other has picked. So that's fun. And I'm really excited to just get into it because we don't have any news, do we? No. And I, well, I made a, um, a new uh, channel on the Discord called the Heroes News Network. I saw that, yeah. And so I'm just going to start posting links on there. I'm trying to remember what I put up there. There was something where someone was talking about how Nikki's underappreciated and... or No, it was the Mossy got cast. The Masioka thing, yeah. Yeah, Mossy and... um. That sounds cool. George Takai. And it's from Michael Green. Didn't he work on the show? Maybe? Oh, now you're making me look. Because I think he did. Because there is a guy called Michael Green who worked on Heroes. So. That, that name does sound familiar. Yeah, he wrote um, Heroes, you know, the two heroes, Distractions and Lizards. Oh, season one ones, yeah. Oh, well, I guess Lizards is, Liz- no, Lizards is season lizards two. Lizards is season two, but, you know, same difference. Um, he's yeah. done a lot of work on American Gods, and um, he's 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 been around. He wrote for Kings, which is an amazing TV show. If you haven't watched it, you should. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there was that, because that's for Netflix, and then there was the Sci-Fi Wire revisiting Nikki Sanders, one of Hero's most underappreciated characters, which was just published a couple days ago, so you can go give that a read. I love the timing of that in reference to <laughs> what just <laughs> happened on our rewatch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rip that girl. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. No point in being coy about it, <laughs> so... Mm-mm. We weren't in the episode, we won't be now. No. Um, yeah, so these are all comics that were published during season two, so they shouldn't be spoilery if you're following along. Mm-mm. Uh, hell, they might even be very illuminating to some things that we've questioned in the past in terms of retcons and stuff, so. Yeah! Uh, I'm excited for us to, to, to get in. Uh, Rachel, what is your first pick? Well, before I do that, I want to talk about the cover. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, please do. I mentioned this to, to uh, Keisha before we started. If you have the hardcover, and there's two different covers, but I'm talking about the one that's got mostly the the um, eclipse on the front and like a little film strip of faces. There is a um, a uh, drawn portrait of Nikki on this page, but I don't think there's a single comic about Nikki in this volume. Uh, there's not. So there's not. So I just I just found that interesting. I was like, okay, I just reread this and. Yeah, everyone else has got a, a picture from the comic, so... But, um, what was the other thing that you brought to my attention? Oh, yes, um, <laughs> if you look at the characters, they have Siler, because Keisha was commenting on Siler's look. <laughs> and who should be surrounding Siler on either side but Peter and Mohinder, so... 
the perfect sandwich. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's had dreams like that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he's making that fucked up face. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Oh my god. Yeah, we'll take a picture and put it on the Discord of the front cover so you can see what we're talking about if you do not have yes. it yourself. So Yeah, here, hell, let me do that right now. Alright, top five, starting with... Top five, but we're going in um, numerical order from the front to yes. back. So Yes. Alright. So my first pick is actually quite a ways into the book, which it was harder to pick some out from this volume because there were a lot that were good. Yeah. Yeah. I felt there were easier choices in the um, first volume. This one had a lot that I was like, eh, really weighing against. Yeah. So numerically, my first pick is number 57, Team Building Exercise. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I almost picked that. I didn't, but I almost did. Mm-hmm. Which is, as was referenced in one of the episodes, Ivan and Noah Bennett tagging the Waterman. And the story is by... Here we go. Here comes the butchering of names. You ready? All right. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. Uh, <laughs> Pierre, or Pierre Luigi Cothran was the story. Do you have any... <laughs> no, I was I was like, I, I don't know either of these names. And I was like, oh my god, you have two horrible names. Not, not horrible, but hard to say names. These are, these are the comic. worst of them. Um, and Ooh. Travis Kotzbue for art. I'm going to say, like, yeah, Kotsby, Kotsbu. Uh, sure, that, why not? Yeah. I have yeah. no idea for the first name, but the <laughs> second name, I, you know, oh feel God. a little better. And um, it's basically revolving around Noah shadowing um, Ivan and his partner and how he thinks they're a little bit too brute force with it and where they need to be a little bit more thoughtful about how they're trying to capture these people. Just a fun little comic. You get to see what uh, Ivan was talking about, like how they captured the Waterman. Mm-hmm. 18 years ago. You get to hear page turning as I flip through. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to hear it from both of us, so mm-hmm. just deal with it. <laughs> you, get, you get the smug young guy being like, I know how to do your job, which is great. Mm-hmm. And you get Noah Bennett being all like, you got to think of these people like trapped animals. And I was like, oh, goodness. And it's also emphasizing the uh, importance of having the right partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the right combination of an, a one and us and one of them. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I that was on my like long list. So yeah, I like that one quite a bit. All right, what, what what about your first one, Keisha? Okay, so we're going backwards. I, I figured. I'm like, I I went yep. pretty deep because <laughs> we don't we don't know which ones we picked. Like I said, so get mm-hmm. ready for that back and forth. Let me open my book. Let me open it up to my little Batman card that I stuck in. There we go. My first pick is Heroism is Found in the Heart. Okay. By Christopher Zada and Ryan Odagawa. What number is that, please? That is number 47. Okay. Number 47. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little... And probably an unexpected pick for me, but it's an Anto comic. I was considering this one as well. It didn't make my final seven, but yeah. This was like my first pick. I was like, yeah, no, that one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows us basically what happens post Kirby when Hiro goes to Japan and, you know, gets stuck in Japan in the past. Well, stuck, but is in Japan in the past. And so Ando is back at, you know, back at work and getting a little more responsibility and indeed getting a little closer to Kimiko. 
Hero's sister, who he has a crush on, and has had a crush on since season one. So they have just, like, fun little interactions where she's just like, oh, this weird guy. You know, like, she's just so <laughs> not so not into his ways and him trying to be all, like, flirty and, and trying to impress her with all the cool adventures he's had in America. And they end up walking home together one night and they uh, encounter a uh, Yakuza gang and turns out that the leader of the gang was someone who Kimiko was with in high school and he hasn't gotten over her. So a fight ensues and uh, it's pretty fun. There's like little fun little bits of action and Ando falling ass backwards into saving her. And then uh, <laughs> a fun little moment from, um, from, from Kaito at the end as the splash page. So Yeah. That's my first pick. Yeah. Good choice. That was one I liked a lot. Now I'm sure you didn't pick my first two because of you going in order. So that's interesting. Yes. You ready for my next one? I am. Technically, it's my next two because it is a (laughs) two-parter. And as should come, to no surprise to Keisha or anyone else. Uh, My next pick is number 60 and 61. Of course it is. (laughs) And it is Pursuit (laughs) Parts 1 and 2. So good. And the um, writing was by uh, DJ Doyle and Oliver Grigsby for parts one and two, respectively. And the art was by Tom Grummet for both parts. And it is following Adam Monroe as a mercenary during the Revolutionary War. He would. (laughs) And his um, finding a foe who is a, who he at first believes is like him and can't die, a one-man army. Mm-hmm. But we then discover he has the power of self-duplication. So you see him, like, slowly chasing this duplicating man across some years and such. And the lesson being, like, you know, you can't fight it alone. You keep pushing everyone away from you, dude. You can't win all your battles alone. I have everyone. It's such good Adam characterization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good good choice. I I do love that one, but I was like, she's gonna fucking pick that. <laughs> so... You know it. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm picking this I'm one." So. Step away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far, you're a Bennett and an Adam. I mean, if there was a Nathan comic, then you know there isn't one in this volume. No, there's weird Ooh. character choices because they introduce a lot of new characters, a lot of yes. comic specific characters, and a mm-hmm. lot of ARG characters. Yes. These. So trying something mm-hmm. new. Okay. So. All right. I'm ready. All right. Ignore all my our page ne- flips in this one. I apologize. I don't care. It's not, it's not the worst sound anyone's ever heard on this podcast. I no. was eating one time. So. <laughs> uh, my next pick is chapter 54, Petrified Lightning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is by Christine Boylan with art by Michael Gatos. I'm glad you picked that one because I like that one too. I It was one of my like Hem and Hall ones. There was a different one on my list before it, but I do like that one quite a bit. So it's a one part. It's Peter and Caitlin and they are just kind of hanging out together. Um, and he wants her. It's so cute. He wants her to tell him another like Irish folktale or like a myth. And so she does. And I don't know how to say the name of it. And that's what I was looking up earlier, Rachel. I don't know how to fucking say the name of the the hero that she talks about. Ugh, I have no idea either. I looked I looked it up, but I still I'm not comfortable. Hold on. Ugh, okay. So please bear with me. I know we do have some people who listen who are from the UK and from Ireland, and I'm just I'm sorry. I really am. Um but she tells the tale of a hero of Ulster 
whose name is like Kukulin, I believe, because you don't see the cha is what I've read. Yeah, that so sounds Kukulin. okay, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, and how he meets a mermaid, and um, it's just, it's like a fun little parallel between like, you know, oh, did she, did the mermaid give him power? No, he realized he had the power to be this person all along. And as they're walking and she's telling the story, he's totally doing the lightning thing. He's trying to get his power to come out. And he's, like, singeing his fingertips as he's, like, trying. It's, like, half-assed, you know, coming out. And then there's a really great moment where he says her name instead of anything else. And he's able to do it. And he, like, sparks up really hard. And it's like, aw, Peter. It's just, it's so nice because it's like, aw, she's trapped forever in a bad future. And it's just nice to see them have a, a sweet moment one last time. So... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the title of it comes from um she shows him this little this little bit that's on the beach that they're walking on and she says that when lightning hits sand it turns into this and I'm going to flip through my book right now cuz I don't remember the word cuz I'm a professional and I absolutely did not take notes. Um well yeah, like it makes glass but they're called uh fulgurites and so she gives it to him and then uh and, he, and they have this, like, little moment, and he's like, I can hear what you're thinking. And she's like, I know, let's go home. And so they probably fuck. Um, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> they might, they might not. I don't know, you can leave that in. I don't care. It kind of seems like they're going to, so. No, I'll keep that in, because I think they did in canon, so. Hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my second pick, and it took over the spot from another comic, so I hope one of us talks about it. Wait, hold on. Can one of us still talk about it? Nope. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Never mind. Bum bum. Yeah, it, they got this and the other one got into a bit of a death match. So was it? Uh, well, I know I'll ask you. I guess after your next one. So okay. Well, yeah, we can at the end we can just mention the yeah. ones that almost made it because I only have a couple. So yeah, if it's the one I, I just looked at, I'm surprised you didn't pick that one. But that's okay. All right. So this one maybe both of us have. Let's see. You ready? Okay. It is another two-parter, and it is number 63 and 64, L's First Assignment. That is my fourth pick. There you go. All right. I'm like, yep. I, I figured you might have picked it as well, so I guess we both it's can too talk good. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can just, yeah. So, who does it? Uh, I'll do a little bit of part one. You do part two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, shit. Now I really gotta get my book. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, fuck. All right. Good thing we marked these. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just have it constantly out looking at it, so... Go for it. I'm ready. So, Elle's first assignment is to follow Claire Bennett. And we're not talking about Claire Bennett in California. We're talking about Claire Bennett in Odessa, Texas. And Elle fucking hates Claire. <laughs> she sure does. <laughs> it's great. And she is, like, stalking them around. She ends up in their yard and about to shock Mr. Muggles. And instead, Eden spots her out there, turns the sprinklers on, and saves the dog pretty much and Eden kicks her ass <laughs> yeah she kicks her ass real good I was like don't forget that she kicks her ass she kicks her ass real good and yeah. Noah's like back the hell off but does I'll back the hell off no we even see we even see good old Zach in the comic and once again Noah being all like get the fuck away from my daughter his little pal yeah so his good. little like um bang ma'am yeah <laughs> mm-hmm so she's not been great at following people for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's real shitty at it, in fact. Yeah. Um, all right. So, oh, no, my card fell out. Um, so the second part 
It's by the same people, Chuck Kim and Ryan Odagawa. And <laughs> this time, Zach gets more involved in the proceedings. Oh, Zach, we miss you every day. Mm-hmm. Every day, every way. And again, she's very like, huh, I could try to seduce you, but I don't think that's going to work with you. So that very like, yeah, they, they knew what they were doing there. Because she shows up at his house after he does the Claire tape from season one. Because she watched them, like, uh, she didn't watch them make it, but she watched them walk away and stuff. So she goes over to his house and she's, like, going to threaten him with the electricity to give up, you know, what he's got. And Noah comes in and pistol whips the ever-loving fuck out of L. Oh, my God. He uses the butt of it. Mm-hmm. It is, like, some crazy, like, cartoon violence here. And when she's all passed out, Zach's like, Mr. Bennett, it's very, like, West. And, um, like, what the hell? And he's like, oh, she was going to kill me. You saved me. And he's like, you're lucky. That's a very dangerous girl. And the Haitian's with him, of course, because it's season one. And he's always right there. And uh, so the Haitian does his thing on L, And it is in that moment where Noah's like, so, Zach, where was this tape L was looking for? So it's like a nice little like fill-in thing, you know how how the tape was obtained. Yeah, but we also see a little bit later on where because she's been Haitian, she has the exact same uh, interaction as she did in the earlier part of the comic, <laughs> where she just has the exact same like uh, voiceover and everything. She's like, ah, she'd be out there hunting down the Silers of the world, not wasting my time in some social studies class, <laughs> just like complaining and. Claire's talking to Zach, just like, who is that girl? That blonde who looks like she wants to kill me. And Zach's like, oh, no, I've never seen her before. Just classic Haitian, you know, post-Haitian behavior. And then um, this really great zinger at the end where Elle's like, oh, thank God I get to leave this assignment next week. Like, who would want to go to homecoming? (laughs) So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, some nice little pre and early season one fun. Yep. Elle being retconned in wherever she can. (laughs) Red conning that I'm here for. Why mm-hmm. not? Yep. Yep. Just foreshadowing of how much they're going to retcon her, you know, into things later on in season three, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. So, yeah, that was my pick as well for, yeah. Especially since she thinks yeah. this is her first assignment where. <laughs> yeah. As things fall, this is not her first assignment, so. Yeah, she gets Haitian so much, who can say? Mm hmm. So. Well, I mean, definitely it's not her first, considering the timeline. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, which, which, okay, so, no, but that really brings it up again about the retconning thing, doesn't it? Yeah. That I declare for it. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't know, so, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, that's too good not to include. It's so, it's so fun. I love that one. Yes, agreed. Um, well, because we have the same one, do you want me to... Yes, go go back, take us back to your number three. Take us back, back, back again? All yes. Right. Um, my next one is right in front of this, Chapter 62 special. Mm, okay. By Joe Pekoski and Michael Gatos. And it is a fun sort of split-screen story mm-hmm. where we see little baby Claire at the same time as we see little baby West. And we see the... Like, how, like, West was uh, abducted by the company. And it's all just being, like, paralleled with Claire's upbringing. And it turns out that there's a reason she needs to go inside the paper company. Because Sanders there to pick up, you know, their, you know, pick Noah up. And West had tried to escape. 
and he was trying to leave he was trying to hide in the vents and there's a moment where she actually met west when they were little kids she was talking to a boy in the vents but the haitian (laughs) grabs him you know he's in the vents sus He's in the vents. And so they, they make uh, <laughs> they make West forget. But do they? Because he's drawn to her, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So that's a fun thing, I think. Yeah. Kind of really fills in his, like, weird obsession with Claire right, right off the bat. So it's, like, subconscious, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my, that's my next selection. Yeah, that's a good one. Because, yeah, he calls her pretty and she's like, oh, I've never been called pretty before. Yeah, because she was, like... Like, she was, you know, cute and stuff, but you could tell she was kind of awkward. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. and he really, like, you know, he calls her pretty, and she's like, huh, maybe I could go out for cheerleading and be out more outgoing, and this is obviously leading to the Claire that we meet in season one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, and she's got, like, a cute little bear backpack. Yes, she absolutely <laughs> has a cute little bear backpack. It's so cute. Love it. Good choice. Good choice. That was another good one. There's a lot of good ones in volume two. I know. A lot yeah. of them. What's your what's your next one, madam? Uh, uh, you could probably guess what my next one is. <laughs> and that is the number 66. <laughs> the Ten Brides of Takezo Kensei. Another one where I was like, there's no point in me putting it on my list. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. going to have it on her list. So. You know it. It uh, takes place right after the end of season two with Adam in the coffin. And he is reminiscing on all of the loves of his life. And the uh, various um, romances he's had with them, I guess, or how great or bad they all were. And we come to a revelation. I'll go back and we can talk about the the, the brides in a minute. But the mm. big thing I want to talk about is the revelation that, oh, my newest bride is out there and I'm certain she'll find me. Which we never find out. <laughs> nope. And it's driven you crazy. <laughs> Since this comic came out. <laughs> there are theories about who it is. I think L was a strong theory. But I'm that like, doesn't make any sense, though. It doesn't, like, yeah. Yeah. I think it was going to end up being Barbara. Yeah, probably. Because they did seem real, like, up against each other in the in the clip from the, you know, version of events mm-hmm. that don't occur. I'm so. like 99% sure it was going to be Barbara if they went down that path. So. Um, Serious question. Yes. When was gay marriage legalized in the state of Maine? <laughs> But that's, like, the only reason I would say no is because he says she'll, not they'll. I know. I'm just being a dick. What a plot twist if it was they'll come and find me. Oh, my God, really? Because that's, like, uh, it it, it just, it stems from, okay, so if you have known me and Rachel as long as we've known each other, we have this very firm belief that um, if you're someone like an immortal, like a vampire, for example, and we complain about this on vampire media, uh, there's way too many straight ones. (laughs) So, like, it just seems like if you lived forever, like, wouldn't you want to try everything? Mm-hmm. And so, just the idea of him only having wives is like, really? Yeah. I don't know about all that. But, yeah. Anyway, I'm just going away with myself. Don't mind me. That's okay. It's okay. I'll go back and we'll talk about the wives real quick. Yeah, let's, because it's fun. Each one has a fun little story. Yeah. 1692 uh, in Germany. After turning 42, I realized I did not age. After 20 years, my wife, Helene, saw it too. She fled into the woods, calling me a devil. Rumor has it she died years later in a nunnery. We never find out any of the wives' last name, but he does mention, like, an interesting name, which um, sparked a lot of theories at the time, which was uh, Richard Sanders he went by at some point. 
Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, Adam Rowe's probably not even his name. Mm-hmm. We don't even know his name, you know? Takeza was the earliest we've seen. <laughs> yeah, and that's not his name. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, next wife. Milan, Italy. Second wife, Maria, bore me two sons. Even after a century of living, I learned something new. I don't like children. I left them with two sacks of coin and left for the new country to begin again. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when he went to go be a mercenary. Sure. And then in 18... No, sorry. In 1782, I abandoned the Queen's forces for Paris, France. My next wife met, I met at a ball at the Versailles. Proud of her looks, never saw Frederica out of her face powder and rouge. It was that love of lead-based cosmetics that led to her untimely end. Oh, man. That's so good. That's so... Yep. Mm-hmm. 1784, Japan. Uh, searching for direction, I returned to Japan to find Yeko's descendants. I thought I could find fulfillment by winning her heart or her great-granddaughters. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> so, I mean, at least we know that uh, Yaiko did move on with someone else. Yeah, yeah. She did eventually find happiness somewhere. Good for her. Uh, Yumi, while beautiful, was not Yaiko. I grew bored and faked my drowning with a carefully planned accident. So, nope out of that one. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Yeeted himself away. Mm-hmm. Yeeted himself into the Northwest Territory. Hey. I took a new name and a new wife. Out of love, I confessed my secret to her that I cannot die. Angelica and I were together for 62 years, telling people that I was her husband, then son, then grandson. We held hands as she breathed her last breath at age 87. That one is genuinely sweet. Yes. It's like, oh my god, you monster. You actually can care about someone. (laughs) I guess so. I guess so. 1864. I married my second Maria in Atlanta at the onset of the Civil War. As fate would have it, I chose the losing side again. This is a pattern with Adam. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I fought on the battlefield. She died in a plantation fire after inhaling too much smoke. Uh, Montreal, 1901. I put my French back to good use and met a captivating beauty, Diane. After a harsh winter, she was stricken with tuberculosis. As a last measure, I injected her with a vial of my blood as she slept. Doctors called her recovery a miracle, and she died a happy and peaceful death 20 years later. Again, every once in a while, he seems to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 1926 Chicago, Louisa saw me regenerate my left eye and spleen after a vicious mugging. Ever the fragile creature, she drank herself to death four months later. (laughs) 1958 Los Angeles, he gets his comeuppance. Teresa never loved me. I learned this when she and her lover shot me twice in the chest and dumped my body off a cliff. By morning, I swam back to shore and killed them as they slept. 1977 Trina, she remarried, had children and grandchildren, died six years ago in a car accident, Thanks to Kaito and the others, I never got the chance to say goodbye. Aww. And those are the ten wives of Takeso Kensei. <laughs> well, character building for a character that we don't get very much of in the future. I mean, like, I'll take it. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. never gonna, yeah. Might as well get some sort of, like, backstory stuff, so. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. Yep, yep. And a mysterious 11th bride who we never will find out who it is. But it's probably Barbara. Yeah, that's my best guess, yeah. And we'll talk more about that later. You'll be like, Barbara, who? And yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll bring that up and I don't know if it's the next episode or the one after that we're going to be talking about this stuff, so. It'll be soon. Yes. So. All right. That was probably the longest I've talked about a comic. Um, <laughs> did I even mention who wrote it? It was a... Uh, I don't think so, no. Uh, Chuck Kim wrote it and it was art by Peter Steigerwald. So yeah, that's who did that one. And it was Comic 66, which I think I said, but yeah. 
Yep. What's your... So we know your number four. Your number four was L's first assignment. L's first assignment. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us your number five? It wouldn't be funny if I just said no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I only have one left, too, so you might as well tell us your... No, no. Um, yeah. So my final pick, mm-hmm. since we matched up on number uh, 63 together, mm-hmm. would be Chapter 80, Moonlight Serenade. Excellent. I did not pick that one. Let's see. Good. Um, by R.D. Hall and Jason Badower. It is one of several stories in this volume about one Linda Tavara. I'm glad you picked one of hers because I did want to talk about her. Excellent. Yeah, that was a big reason why. Plus, she's just so great. I mean... I believe that's the very last one in the volume, is it not? Um. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. So, Linda Tavara shows up a few times in the volume as just quite the little spoiler. Like, she really fucks up some people's shit. And she has um, a really weird-looking power at first, where you're just like, is she like a siler? Like, can she take powers by just touching people? Like, it's it's, it's kind of odd at first. Um, So, this is her backstory. We see her as a young woman in 1967. She's in her bed, and she's surrounded by boxes that are labeled... With, like, dead animals in them. <laughs> like, she's very, like, early serial killer. Like, her parents are just, like, terrified of her because she's clearly got some sort of weird thing going on. And it turns out that Linda Tabara is having these weird dreams. And in them, it's like she can see people glowing. And she not only sees people glowing, but it's like it feels like their presence is drawing them to her and that they need to be extinguished by her. It's really dark and fucked up stuff. So she sneaks out of her home and she goes just, you know, different places. She goes to parties. She goes to bars. She's on the street. She sees people's auras. That's what she can see. So they, you know, have different like flickering colors. Some people burn brighter and some people are, you know, more dim. But then suddenly she ends up passing a retirement village And she sees this woman who claims that she can see angels. And, you know, her friend's just like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, that's not a thing. You're crazy. And her aura burns very bright and very differently. So Linda is drawn to her. She ends up going and getting her alone in a room. And, you know, saying that she came for her and everything. And she's like... Yeah, sure, I'm an angel. Because she's like, oh, you came for me? Are you an angel? And she's like, sure. And she sucks out her aura. And so she, you know, kills her. But she not only sucks out her, like, essence, it also sucks out her power. And so we've seen this kind of hinted at in other volumes with her, in other chapters in the volume, that she's kind of like a character that we haven't properly met yet. No. But for now, she's like a female Siler in a way. For now, she's like a female Siler in the 60s, and I want it. I want that as a thing. It's, well, okay, two things. One, in this actual um, comic, Mm -hmm. the woman she kills is Ida Mae Walker. So, potentially uh, Molly's great-grandmother? Potentially, but they also like to just reuse last names on here. They do, but it's, it's a fun teaser. No, very true. Second thing, there are three comics about Linda in this volume, and yep. we get her story backward. Yes, we do, which is weird. The very first time we meet her, we find out how she dies. Mm-hmm. And then we get a little more backstory before that, and then her origin here. And I think 
we do get a couple more that are sprinkled in between all of those coming up, but I don't remember for sure. I think possibly because now we're at the point really where, yeah, things just go crazy out of order and they just tell whatever story they feel like telling that week, which is kind of cool, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I kind of was like, hmm, which one do I want to have that has her in it? Because there's definitely a couple others I could have included, but... I, I think this one's fun because, yeah, she's such a female styler. She wants what they have. She wants to feel it. She wants to, like, you know, get her, you know, rocks off, basically, from getting it from them. And she doesn't care about killing people. So mm-hmm. we don't get any, like, cool, like, villains like that who are women on the show. No. So, yeah. I, I was like, damn, it's a shame that she's in that decade because... She would have been hella cool on the show. I agree. I even at the the bottom of my notes put star, 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 Linda Tavara if we didn't <laughs> talk about oh, her Oh, nice. That was your note? Yes. Okay, cool. That was my extra note. Like, yeah. if no, neither of us picked one, then, you know. No, gotta mention her. She's such a cool character. Like, I'm like, hmm, who would you cast as her? Like, yeah. I want to know who they, like, based her on, especially um, Bad Hour, because he does very semi-realistic looking, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, who he ended up, like, basing her off of. Because she looks like familiar, but I can't place her. Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Yeah. Linda Tavara, she's cool. Yeah, I wholeheartedly what, What's your agree. final pick? My yeah. final pick is, I'm actually surprised we both picked a comic with these characters in it. My final one is Past Experience, number 72, which is a Kimiko comic. I think we picked both the Kimiko comics in this volume. We did. That's funny. And this was by J.T. Krull, or Krull. And art by Jason Bador. <laughs> hey. And we uh, kind of see how Kimiko is bitter about always hearing the stories of Takeso Kensei that were told to Hiro. And she is being told she has to take up the... Because um, she is the boss of the company now. She also has to take over the Yamagato Foundation. Or the Yamagato Fellowship. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Which is a uh, kind of an art conservator thing, and it like conserves the legacy of Takeso Kensei. And she was like, "Eh, not really my thing." But afterwards, she takes a, a story that was told about um, Kensei, which is very similar to—I can't remember what the actual name of the story was. But in the the original story, like that's not the Kensei version. It was like a baby that like was threatened to be cut in half. But uh, there was oh, it's, it's the King Solomon. Solomon, thing. thank you. Yeah. Well, there were two people that were fighting over a sword in this one, and Kensei breaks it the sword in half with both of them, with his two hands. And then Yaiko experiences it again with two underlings. They're, like, arguing over a PDA, and she cuts it in half with a sword, and is like, you know, maybe these hero tales are things people need to hear in the now, and decides she's going to take over the Yamagato Fellowship, which is a big ARG component. Mm-hmm. So there was a whole website for it and stuff. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was cool. Kind of yeah, no, that's that's a good one. I like that one, too, because, like you said, it really opens the door to that ARG stuff. And a lot of the comics now are very, like, go to this website. Like, they, a lot of them are, are hooked directly to the ARG and the web presence of the show at this time. I wish we would have seen more of this badass um, Kimiko on, on the show. Ah, uh, same. Yeah. Yeah, we, we don't get enough for I think we do a little more, but, like, not, like, you know... Why do we got to keep getting the cool ladies in the comic and not on the actual show? I know, right? Look at our fucking choices. I mean, I have a cool Kimiko comic. Mm-hmm. 
I have more Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. I have L. I have you know this cool like badass villain chick. Like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And there's others we didn't even freaking mention. <laughs> you know, other comics or other women. Other women in the comics, like uh, Hannah returns. Spoiler. <laughs> she does. I I was like I I like that comic, but it it wasn't top five. It for was me. too ARG. Um, full because it was yes. Hannah and Drucker, and I don't remember all the the shit that went with oh, that. Oh my god! Right, I was like, I can barely remember Drucker. So yeah, I could barely remember him too. So I was like, eh. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't want to get all inside baseball. Yeah, there was another girl later on with like that was separated from her twin or something. Um, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Oh, and then like the big reveal with the um the water vampire. Yes. Mm-hmm, where it was end up being the woman and not the the guy that they were targeting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She was just his patsy. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot more female villains in the comic and not on the show. Yeah. Sad day. Yeah. It was definitely a harder one to pick from. What were your like a couple of your almost? Um. Well, now I'm gonna have to flip because I deleted them off my thing. Uh, because I know one off the top of my Go head. Go for it. Blackout. Mohinder. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. He was on my list until I replaced him with Peter and Yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was a good one. That's like his Just only one. Just because it has like a happy ending and that's so rare for a special. Yeah. With the um, lightning guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Electricity guy. Yeah. And plus, I liked seeing Mohinder have to like try to sell himself to a, you know... A traditional medical establishment, and they're just like hand hand, get out of here with your studio, your pseudoscience, and take that book with you, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, nope. But then he actually ends up helping the guy, and I don't know. It's nice, and plus that uh, it's Batterer art again. I think. So. I'm surprised yeah. you didn't pick the Molly's Dream one. Okay, so I knew you would say that. Um, while I do think it's pretty cool, it's too short. True. It's like a couple frames. Or, like, a couple pages with a couple frames each. And I like that it's very House of M, which apparently we stan on this podcast. <laughs> Surprisingly? Um, I know. Like, who what? the fucking thought? <laughs> Not me. He's hot wing. Um, so, yeah, I was like, oh, I almost did. But I was like, no, it's too fucking short, man. It's just, like, it's just a brief glimpse into one of her nightmares when she's trapped in her own mind by Maury Parkman. And so it's like, you know, it's a cockroach and then it's Siler and then Siler turning into a cockroach. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's very that. And uh, it is cool because Siler barely. Okay. So he's barely in the, in the graphic novels too, which is kind of funny. Um, it's probably because like, he's just such a presence at, uh, later on at this point. Like you're not going to have any shortage of that boy and us talking about him from this point forward. It's like how I argued why we didn't need him in the uh, four months ago. There's not mm-hmm. much to tell. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, especially right now, because he's at such a standstill, and we've pretty much seen everything he's been doing. Mm-hmm. So the most he could do is show up in someone's, like, old, old thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah. To what end? So. Uh... I remembered one of mine. Mm-hmm. Blindsided. Yeah, I almost did that one, too. That's a good With, one. With, uh, it was the HRG and how he actually got, like, <laughs> how he needed his glasses and why. And it was because of a special, <laughs> not because his eyes went bad or whatever. Which is so great. The origin of his eye problems. Um, but also, fuck specials, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That made me think of something with you talking about that, too. Fuck, what was it? Something Bennett-related? Oh, uh, sort of, because it was like, because you said there's not a lot for Siler, or I said there wasn't a lot for Siler to cover. There's a lot of shit they can cover for Bennett. 
Oh, yeah, because he's been at this shit for decades, and he shows up in a lot of them. Like, the diner one was pretty Yeah, cool. there's, like, a bunch with him in there, because he's easy mm-hmm. to pull from the past. Yep. He's easy to pull from the past because, other than Company Man, he's he's still got so much, like, stuff we don't know about. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see if I have any other close calls. I don't think I have... There was one more, but I don't remember if it was one you said. I think it was one of the ones you said. Um, I mean, I almost chose Betty. Yeah, I was surprised that you didn't pick Betty, too, but, like... I almost did. Yeah. Yeah. That's the uh, Candace origin story. A nice four-parter. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Trial of the Black Bear, because it's so fucking cute. That one is cute, too. Yep, yep, yep. But it's too short, mm-hmm. so it's like a one-sentence type of thing. Um. Oh, I almost picked Quarantine. Mm, also, we're like pretty much naming them all right now. Because <laughs> there's like so many good ones in here. There's a lot of good ones. I yeah. highly recommend just reading through all of them. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they only get better as the series goes on. I'm pretty excited to get to read the ones after these because I've read the ones in the books a couple times because I own the books. Yeah. You know, it's going to be exciting to get to reread the ones that were uh, sadly never published because they're not as fresh in our minds. Yeah, especially so. the uh, volume. Five ones. The season oh four. Oh my god, right? I couldn't tell you a single fucking thing about half of them. No. So Nope, 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 nope. So. But yeah, those are our picks for our favorite graphic novels in the second Heroes graphic novel hardcover. Yeah! We did it! Um, we did it! <laughs> uh, like we said, and you know, when we did this back in season one, this is going to be a regular recurring in-between volume feature. So... Mm-hmm. Gonna have plenty more to talk about. There's no shortage of comics still to go. Oh, yeah. Um, what are we talking about next week? So next week is the hero time travel discussion. <laughs> Which, elaborate a little bit more on what you want to get out of uh, I want to know how much Kaito knew about if he knew Hero was Takezo Kensei. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to know if Hero going back in time actually fucked with anything. Mm-hmm. And from that, we can also talk about if anyone going back in time and fixing the future ends up fucking with anything. Reasons for and against, and... Yeah, I think that would be fun to, to expand it to that, because... Next week is more of a painting the future, because we will get spoilery. We're gonna have to, and goddamn, I mean, we're gonna... Oh, god, we're gonna have to do some serious research then, because, yeah. It's mostly, though, about, for me, the Kaito stuff, and, like, looking back at the season one stuff as well. Um, right. Because we can always do a part I, I... two after we rewatch <laughs> some of these other things, you know? <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, it's like how we did the Mylar one, and then we didn't talk about, like, a big fucking Mylar thing, and then it was just like, ah. Uh. Yeah. yeah, so. We're not perfect, Dan. Uh, yeah, so this is basically just gonna be us taking the hero and Takezo Kenze and Kaito Nakamura stuff, and using that to extrapolate into a larger conversation about the effects of time travel on heroes. Yes. Because I certainly have my opinions on it, mm-hmm. so... I could go both ways and we'll find out (laughs) more about that when we talk about it in the full episode. Yeah. So that's what we're doing next week. And then the week after that, we'll be digging into the writer's strike. And you're going to learn more about it than you ever wanted to know. Because I plan on getting a little deeper than I think even Rachel wants me to. We've got two weeks to research it. Come on. (laughs) Hey. Gonna do some research. Yeah. Um, Because I I think it's a fascinating article of television history. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Watch me just natter on about it. Um, we'll have to make sure we have a yeah, big block so, of recording time. 
So we'll be talking about that, yes, but then also I really want to talk about what they had planned on doing with these characters. Yes. Had they been able to shoot the volume that they wanted to shoot and some of the abandoned storylines that just uh, don't quite even see the light of day in villains. So mm-hmm. some, some interesting things that were going to happen. So I'm excited to yeah. finally talk about it and not just allude to it like we have for however many <laughs> oh my episodes. God, right? I just want to talk about bleep. <laughs> so I can be like, all right, if you want to hear more about it, just listen to this. And then we just continue on. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I just want to talk about what Siler was supposed to do. God damn it. Yep, yep, yep. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So all the things I used to make gifts from <laughs> that never happened because they were from like leaked trailers that never occurred the same way. And, yeah, leaked so. trailers um, on the season two DVD. Yep. They have the untold story stuff. Yep. Pretty much. So. Yeah, I think that'll be fun to get into before, you know, we're going to be starting Volume 3. And and like I've said before, I'm very excited because that is the volume and season most of the people that I know personally went meh to this show. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm really excited to get into the mistakes, uh, the things they did right, the characters who get more screen time, the characters who get far less than they deserve. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right, let's do some socials. Whee. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Eclipsed Podcast. If you would like to follow our personal accounts, I am at that burb there. Burb with a B, like Bob Bishop, because Keisha hasn't come up with a new one yet. It's not volume three yet. And Keisha is at lady underscore snark. Keisha, what are you tweeting about? 31 Days of Horror. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like the only thing really, except for, well, I mean, hold on. I'm pretty sure it's just that. It's just me talking about the movies I've been watching. I think so. I haven't yeah. seen you tweet much more than that, honestly. So. Yeah, pretty much. That's all it's been. I've got my big thread that I've been updating every day or two with the movies that I've been watching. I've, I've definitely found some good ones. So Excellent. What are you tweeting about these days? Uh, I actually tweeted today. Thank you very much. Um, I know, I know. I got my uh, San Diego Comic Con at home swag in the mail. The uh, there was a game that you could play what with uh, for what we do in the shadows on FX, and if you got like in the top fifty every day, they would send you a deck of playing cards that were branded to what we do in the shadows. And I got that today. It's really cute. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Uh, she grinded every day to make sure she stayed in the top 50. Day one I knew was like a lost cause because everyone was like really high. And then I figured out the secret for how you need to get the higher score, which is you had to play level one and two in a row without dying. And then it was pretty easy uh, yeah. to get up there yeah. in day two, I think I was in the top. And then I just didn't bother with the rest. But I, yeah. I never, I never made it past level one because I suck. So... <laughs> <sighs> I don't have the patience for it anymore, to me. <laughs> once you, it, it was nice because the levels were static. So, like, once you figured out a strategy, you could just keep doing it over and over again until you got the result you wanted. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. So, cool. so I got my reward for that today. I saw the photo; they're pretty mm-hmm. cool. I'm a little, I'm a little jelly. I want to, I will admit, but they're pretty cool. Yes, they are cool as heckers. Mm-hmm. Cool as heck. We have an email. We are eclipsedpod at gmail dot com. If you would like to get a hold of us a lot easier, however, come to the Discord. <laughs> Link will be in the show notes. As I said earlier, I've got a new channel, Heroes News Network. Feel free to post if you have Heroes News or Heroes articles or whatever that have come out recently. Yeah, and, and feel free to post like whatever you feel like posting too, because 
There is a really great post about the goddamn mobile game that used to exist. Yes! And it's really taken me back. You and I might have to sit and watch that together. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, I think we will. Comment on that at some point, yeah. I want to play against Peter Petrelli at uh, Telekinesis Chat. Uh, God damn it, I can't talk today. <laughs> okay. I can't talk today. Ah. Uh, uh. Yeah, uh, Tetris, Petrelli, play him. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That was close. Oh, man. You play Tetris against Peter Petrelli, okay? Like, fucking, what could be better like than that? Like, shipping crate... Te- tra- See, I can't talk either. Fuck. <laughs> shipping crate... <laughs> shipping crate Tetris with Peter Petrelli. Um, okay, oh, I have a thing to add to the socials. Go for it. Okay, I was told to do this, so... Also, um, if you want to tweet about the podcast just to get the word out there, make sure you tweet with, you know, the hashtag, hashtag Eclipse Podcast. And if you do so and we see it, then you'll get a special shout out from the Mothman City podcast. And I'm sure you remember what that is (laughs) if you've listened to our episodes. The host of that show, who I live with, will will shout you out right here on the air. Wow. I was told to to do that, yeah. Wow. Wow. What a delight. What a reward. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. Yep. Mothman will specifically say hello to you. Yep. What a delight. (laughs) What a pleasure. Oh, my God. All right. Let's let's bounce. (laughs) Yeah. So, thank you for listening. Tune in for the next one. Talk about time travel. So we'll see you then. Bye bye. Unless we already saw you, because it's time travel. Oh, fair. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye bye.